everyone to episode nine of the Power Chats podcast. My name is Christine Martindale, corporate communication specialist and your host of this podcast. Mitsubishi Power Americas has entered into the podcast arena, and I'm so excited to be bringing you stimulating interviews, news, and on-the-go info that takes place right here on this platform. The Power Chats podcast has been created to spotlight Mitsubishi Power America team members who share a passion for bringing the best customer service solutions to our internal and external customers. Let us welcome my guest, Craig Brooker, project developer for Mitsubishi Power Americas. Hi, Craig. Thank you for taking the time today to be my guest on the podcast. Thank you, Christine. Um, very happy to be here and look forward to our discussion. Yes, very happy to have you. Um, so before we get into our conversation, I always ask our listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you're from. Sure. So I'm originally from Colorado. I uh, grew up there. Colorado Springs, to be exact. Um, went to school there, got my mechanical engineering degree from Colorado School of Mines, uh, lived and worked there for quite some time, ended up getting my professional engineering license for the state, um, been married to my wife for over 10 years now. We have two young kids. They just turned 10 and 9, uh, so we have our hands full with those two. And we moved to Florida about a little over eight years ago. Uh, and that was to become part of the Mitsubishi family here and, and um, started my journey here at Mitsubishi as a market analysis, uh, market analyst in the, that group. And uh, spent three years there. Uh, so There's a, initially a pretty small group of us, uh, about three to four. Um, so learned a lot there from financial modeling and cost of electricity modeling, competitor benchmarking, Intel. And then in 2018, uh, the next group was started and I moved over and uh, that's where I spent a little over four years. And we looked at a lot of different new business models, new business, new markets uh, to expand beyond Mitsubishi's traditional businesses. And so we looked at things like hydrogen, artificial intelligence, battery energy storage, um, renewable development, uh, among other things. So after my time there, about a year ago, I ended up moving to hydrogen infrastructure, get back, getting back involved with the hydrogen space in my current role as, as project developer, uh, where I'm focused on developing projects for hydrogen production, storage, and transportation in the Midwest, U.S. Well, an extensive background. I know you mentioned Colorado. Um, been there just a couple of times. What a change, right, from Colorado to Florida. Yeah, it was a. It took a while to adjust, and uh, I will say I'm not used to the summers. I can just tolerate them better. So right. It's, well, hopefully we're here. we're in fall, so hopefully we will have a little bit of a reprieve shortly. Hopefully, right. Yeah. Um, I know you said you have a young family. I'm sure they keep you busy. Um, so I always ask again, my guests what you like to do outside working for Mitsubishi Power. So, yeah, as mentioned with the young family, that really consumes my time and us as a family. Um, and we're getting into the sports season where now my kids are in soccer and volleyball and basketball. So that really takes all of our time and, and weekends. You know, we, we are a beach family, so we like to go uh, to either the Atlantic side or Gulf Coast side when we have the opportunity 
um, in, in terms of, you know, individual hobbies and interests, um, you know, I have a history in art, so I like, uh, doing portraits, graffiti top graffiti style type art, um, that I hope to get back to at some point. Um, and I've tried to instill that in my, my kids, my daughter and I do a lot of drawing together. And, and so, uh, you know, that's a Oh, that's great. You know, you mentioned the beach. Well, you don't have beach in Colorado, so this has been a nice change, yeah, I'm we, sure. Yeah, we definitely. That's, that's great. Um, so I know you're working on projects within the, like you mentioned, the hydrogen space, and you authored uh, a hydrogen report that was launched recently. So my first question for you is, um, why is there so much interest in hydrogen now? It's a great, great question. You know, hydrogen has been around for a significant uh, part of our history and, and has been used historically in, in various industries. You know, I would say recently what has brought hydrogen to the forefront, um, I'll say, I'll say we'll start at a top level with, uh, federal decarbonization targets, state decarbonization targets, and of course, um, policy. So when we look at things like the inflation reduction act that helps, uh, with the production uh, costs of hydrogen, and there's you know proposed EPA rulings 111B and 111D um, that look to reduce the carbon intensity of certain generation uh, sources, and so you know these directionally are propelling hydrogen to be considered for a lot of these uh, decarbonization um, challenges. Um, you know, when we look at state specifics as well, we look at California uh, and, and other states, they have these uh, net zero targets by 2045. Uh, there's even states that have 100% uh, zero emission vehicle targets uh, of new sales, you know, by 2035 and, and other interim targets. So there's a lot of push uh, for decarbonization and hydrogen uh, is certainly part of that discussion on how um, our customers are going to achieve those goals and targets. Yeah, you know, I just want to mention too, I mean, very, very great, good stuff here. Uh, I want to mention to our listeners that, you know, you've done so much research um, on this, on your own time and writing this 44-page report. I know this was a huge undertaking and effort by you, now looking at external resources and everything. And through your research and writings, you know, hydrogen will not only benefit the energy industries, but also industries such as manufacturing, steel, and agricultural. So um, just a kudos to you for this is going above and beyond, but I know you have a passion for it. Yeah, no, I certainly appreciate that and, and humbled by your your comments there. And, and you touch on a really good point um, about the various industries that hydrogen can help decarbonize. Um, but, you know, that's a, also a a key point and you know what why hydrogen now and it's it's versatility um it's versatility in terms of how you can produce it you can um produce it from electricity and in in water via electrolysis process you can also use natural gas and reform that uh to pull hydrogen out through the through technologies such as autothermal reformation uh and there's also a variety of ways you can transport it you can liquefy it also, you can transport in gaseous state, where you can bind it with ammonia. You can create ammonia and have that as a transport mechanism. Uh, 
Additionally, when we frame that in terms of decarbonization, you know, one of the key benefits, of course, is it's CO2, has no CO2 emissions. So mm-hmm. when companies are looking to decarbonize, hydrogen is a part of that that uh, that package to consider. Um, you know, we touched on federal, state levels, but also private industry. You know, when we look at the versatility of hydrogen, how does that play into their own targets? You know, companies such as BP, United, Airlines, American Airlines, even Home Depot, they have all these various targets of decarbonization. So, you, you know, the top level policies flowing through to you know, some of these private companies um, to help. And then they'll look at to driving investment into these solutions, which, um, you know, hydrogen, among other things, is, is part of that discussion. In with his with with his nascent as a market that hydrogen is, you know, it's going to take a lot of collaboration uh, from various stakeholders, from policymakers to ec- local economic development authorities to private companies, technology companies, development companies uh, to really bring to drive hydrogen adoption up and, and bring the cost down uh, to help truly drive. The hydrogen economy um, helps pull it forward. So that that is, uh, I think, a good thing. And, and seeing a good example of that of that is the Aces Aces Hydrogen Hub um, that I think uh, we at Mitsubishi are very aware of. Um, I think that's a good demonstration of collaboration and, and how to bring solutions to market. Absolutely. So, in your opinion, what is the future of hydrogen? Yeah, I think I think the future of hydrogen. You know, we're still molding that now. Um, you know, I think hydrogen will be a key contributor uh, to the decarbonization challenge, among among other solutions. Um, you know, I think you know there's obviously challenges that we have to overcome, uh, but I think the collaboration uh, is really a, a bright spot in how we're going to. Uh, figure out uh, this decarbonization uh, puzzle. Um, so I think I think it is a very will be a very key case, very key piece in in our future here as we move forward. You know, I know hydrogen is a hot topic in the media right now, as well as in industry events, and we're very much looking forward to how this will all play out in the future of hydrogen. Uh, we are grateful for experts like you at Mitsubishi Power to be on our side and at the forefront um, of solutions. Um, you know, one question I, I wanted to ask you be- before is, what are some of the industry challenges that's a, that, that's good. that you see? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, maybe I'll look at it from a developer's perspective. Um, you know, you have these uh, key pieces that need to combine in order to provide a successful project. And those are land, markets, infrastructure, feedstock, in, in really public and stakeholder acceptance. Uh, and, and I'll touch on the markets a little bit. You know, I, the markets will develop at different speeds. When we look at the versatility of hydrogen and what markets it can serve, whether it's refining, um, the transportation mobility sector, the power sector, each one of those have unique challenges um, that will dictate the speed and depth at which hydrogen will be adopted. 
So I think balancing uh, and understanding the appropriate solutions uh, to deliver to each market and the timing of that is a challenge. And I think that that speaks to the collaboration that we've, we've touched on throughout this discussion. And uh, so I think market development is one of the challenges in, in, and um, in delivering solutions to each one of those segments. Another part of the, the market's part is, is the cost. You know, when we look at the main feedstocks of hydrogen, you know, electrolysis, for example, power and water, uh, and then natural gas, when you look at uh, reformation. And so the prices of these can vary greatly depending on where you are regionally. Um, and electrolysis, for example, has a high correlation to the power price. And so, you know, in order to drive the cost of hydrogen down, that power price needs to be reflected as such into your cost of production. So affordable, low-cost power is will be a key element into green hydrogen. Um, you know, when we look at blue hydrogen, that's dependent on natural gas, so in certain regions of the country, you know, that cost basis may favor uh, blue hydrogen solutions to to that specific market. Um, and then when you look at other cost components of the ultimately delivered price of hydrogen, you know, the transportation of hydrogen is another consideration. So, you know, we touched on liquefying or gaseous or, or ammonia. Um, you know, that becomes another cost contributor, especially if you look at areas where your cost basis necessarily doesn't line up to where the market demand is, you know, you have to make that connection through transportation. And so how we do that, that's another, another challenge and how we do that cost effectively becomes a, a good point of discussion. Um, and then ultimately kind of the user side of cost, the cost of adoption. So for instance, the transportation sector, you know, they have to have refueling stations in the hydrogen vehicle itself, whether it's a hydrogen internal combustion engine or a fuel cell that, that uh, is the powertrain for that vehicle. And so trying to get all of these pieces of the value chain into an area that is appropriate, that appropriately drives down the cost in adoption up, um, you know, making all those things work is certainly a challenge, but, um, you know, that's what we're here for is to solve these, these hard challenges. Um, I, I would say another part, and this touches on the infrastructure portion, and this is really regionally dependent, but I'll talk about it here as a, as a good example, you know, the interconnection queue process, uh, which obviously impacts a lot of our, um, you know, gas turbine projects that, that look to deliver, uh, power to the grid. But when we looked at um, hydrogen projects that are based on electrolysis, as I mentioned, it's very closely coupled to the power price of power. Um, you know, going through that interconnection process, um, especially when we look at renewable projects as a feedstock of our electricity, when that interconnection queue is backed up or, or severely congested as they make as they transition their internal mechanisms and and other th other things, you know, that impacts the cost basis of what we're able to uh, consider on our hydrogen project. So 
the interconnection you process really enables low cost generation to get on the grid for us to to use as as a feedstock into our uh, production projects. Um, so, and and I guess the other piece is public acceptance. Uh, you know, there's there's challenges there when you think about pipelines, whether it's carrying CO two for sequestration or hydrogen uh, from from production to markets. You know, pe people want to know and understand that better, uh, as well as sequestration CO two. So, you know, there's a lot of education and a lot of dialogue to be had, and that is going on now. And that that's just a process that we're going to have to again going back to the collaboration point. Um, you know, collaborate and educate uh, various stakeholders in the, the development of and deployment of these projects. No, very, very good points. And that's what I was going to say, too. You know, I see that, you know, like you mentioned, the industry stakeholders are coming together. I love when you mentioned the word collaborate, because that's what it is. Collaborating through these challenges in order to get the best outcome. So uh, very, very good points and something I learned, too, industry challenges. Um, so switching gears... Um, just a little bit. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we release this episode around hydrogen and fuel cell day, uh, which is Sunday, October uh, 8th. Um, so is there anything that you want to mention about hydrogen and fuel cell day? Uh, I, th I think the only point I'll make here is I, I didn't know this uh, until recently, but um, October 8th or 10. Zero 08 uh, coincides with the atomic weight of hydrogen, which is 1.008. So just a fun fact as we go into uh, that day. Yeah. Hey, that's a trivia. That may be in jeopardy. Yeah, there you go. Right? So I never, never knew about that. So, uh, and what a great way to remember hydrogen fuel cell day. So um, I love that little tidbit. Um, so I know uh, you'll be recording an expert talk video leading up to this year's Reuters North American Hydrogen event on October 11th and 12th in Houston. For our listeners, this is an event that will unite global leaders from public and private sectors to create a pathway for scaling up hydrogen production and forming partnerships, which will move hydrogen beyond, um, you know, pilot to full-scale projects. Um, tell us more about some of the topics that you'll be discussing in your video. Sure, happy to do that. Um, and, and I'll touch on, I think this event, again, going back to collaboration, this event really helps showcase that um, that a lot of these industry experts and players are coming together to help push hydrogen forward and, and drive the industry in a positive direction um, from things as markets, as I, as I talked about, even financing, technology, and policy and, and regulation standpoint. And... The video, I, I won't divulge too much, but yeah, please uh, it, it, in general, it's, it's going to touch on some of the things that we talked about today. You know, why hydrogen now and, and some specifics around uh, deploying production facilities. So uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll be uh, releasing that here in a few weeks. So. Awesome. Well, we look forward, look forward to that for sure. Uh, just to uh, make a point on this. So Mike Ducker, our Senior Vice President of Hydrogen Infrastructure from Mitsubishi Power, We'll be the keynote speaker for this event, and we'll be setting the tone and motivating attendees on insights on hydrogen. Um, as I, well, we were talking earlier, you know, this is another great example of thought, you know, thought leadership in the industry. So excited to have have Mike uh, for sure. 
Um, this has really been an in-depth, great conversation between you and I. I love learning more about hydrogen for sure. Um, but is there anything else that you want to mention that we didn't cover? I think the only thing I'll mention um, is, you know, we, we are in a very dynamic market and uh, it is absolutely critical that companies continue to evolve and commit to the changes necessary to grow and stay relevant uh, in the power and energy industry. And so I'm excited to be with a company like Mitsubishi that has positioned themselves to be successful in, and look forward to leading the market uh, as we embark on these um, solutions. Yeah. And I know, you know, hydrogen is being positioned to be, you know, a key solution uh, to a net zero future. And, uh, you know, who will benefit? And I think the decisions we make today will benefit future generations to come. And I think this is a great way to conclude. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> no, I think it's great. Um, Craig, I, I so appreciate you being the guest on the pot, Power Chats podcast. Um, it was great talking to you today and learning a little bit more about hydrogen. And I hope our listeners um, you know, learned as well. I know I certainly did. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for spending time with us today in the Power Chats podcast. If there are things you want to learn more about or ask about, please send us a comment on Viva Engage, formerly known as Yammer. Until next time.